Inspired Training Solutions presents Business Gems. Welcome to your entrepreneurial space where you will receive sound business advice and tips from budding and thriving entrepreneurs. Listen up now as this gem may be your gem for success. Business Gems. Hey, 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 good morning, good evening, good night, good day, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, this is Business Gems, welcome, welcome, welcome. Of course, it's always a pleasure to host all of you and to have you listening to the podcast each week. My name is Damien McLean. And of course, we are bringing you Business Gems, a product of Inspired Training Solutions. And Inspired Training Solutions, your one-stop business solutions company. This week, we have another interview lined up for you, where persons with disabilities are sharing their experiences as a part of the First Steps in Entrepreneurship program. And yes, we have another telling interview coming up. So just before we get to that, let us tell you where you can find Business Gems and where you can find Inspired Training Solutions. And of course, Big Up White Cane Studios. You can now like, comment and share on our social media platforms. Visit us on Facebook at Inspired Training Solutions Jamaica. Send your suggestion and feedback via email to Y-O-U-R-S-P-A-C-E dot I-T-S at gmail.com. Hit, hit us up on Instagram at I-T-S dot B-I-Z J-A. Also, listen and subscribe to our weekly podcast at anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have high-quality audio editing jobs that you want to be done? Yeah, baby! Then, then you have come to the right place. White Cane Studios offer a wide range of audio services. We do jingles, adverts, podcasts, or just about anything audio. But we don't stop there. We also do mixtapes, playout at parties, and other events. You can call or WhatsApp Damien Rose at 876-447-6803. That's 876-447-6803. Or email him at djkmad at gmail.com. White Cane Studios, where high quality matters. Yes, and this week we feature Ms. Tanai Kadiva Williams. Very interesting journey. And, of course, we have to big up our sponsors for the first steps in entrepreneurship program. And we're going to also touch on Tanaika's song. She told us of a song that she likes. And we're going to touch that at the end of the program. So here goes our sponsors. 
So special thanks and special big ups to Comprehensive Eye Care, Comprehensive Supplies, I May May, Chance Concepts, the Yay, that's the Young Entrepreneurs Association of Jamaica, Events by JAR, and of course, Transformational Life Solution. Alright, so let's now take our feature with Miss Tanaika Diva Williams one of the participants in our first steps in entrepreneurship program for persons with disabilities. Here goes. So here we are again with another scintillating interview from our first steps in entrepreneurship series for persons with disabilities. And we have a very elegant, very lovely, very charming young lady with us this week. Her name is Tanaika Williams, and she will be sharing with us in terms of her business, her journey, and what it means for her to be a part of the Business Gem series. Tanaika, good day, ma'am. How are you? Good day, Mr. McLean, AMRPM, to your listeners all over the world. It's it's nice to have you on the show and you've been very excited about this for a few weeks. You've been looking forward to this and now we are here, right? Oh yes, ready. <laughs> so, tell us now, who is Tanaika Williams? Well, again, thank you for having me on the show. And my name is Tanaika Nadia Hope Williams, but known as the Diva. And DIVA stands for D, Determined, I, Independent, V, Rivalry, and A, Always Confident in Whatever I Do. So, I am visually impaired, and my diagnosis is called Retinal Detachment. My disability was caused by a doctor due to medical negligence, and this case is a famous 1995 case. And as such, lawyers and judges use it as a reference uh, to their medical negligence cases. So, you know, I didn't go to school for the blind like other blind or visually impaired persons. I went through a regular prep school and high school system where my parents employed personal assistants or in Trinidad they would call them shadows. And th- those persons would assist me in assignments, reading and writing notes all that stuff. How I knew the letter of the the alphabet was that my cousin who is a teacher, she used sandpaper and made all 26 letters of the alphabet and and I I, I feel them and the numbers and from there I've just been going. I went to Z, Arden High School, which kind of guide we seek the best. I passed my CSEC and CAPE examination and now my final year university student not my testicle entrepreneurship and now because of that I've now developed my business creative mind business development services now you said a mouthful there and we're gonna break it down a bit to because I'm sure my listeners would want to know they have several questions based on what you've you've gone through a while ago and one of the things that jumped out for me is that so you're not just diva, as in the, the traditional sense that people label themselves as divas, being young, being vibesy, being hot, being the talk of the town, but it has a positive spin for you. 
right? Yes, yes. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I, I like that. I like that. Determined, uh, vibesy, awesome. And I forget independent. the... Independent. Independent. Beautiful. Yes. And it, it's good to hear somebody with a disability being visually impaired, being blind, speak of independence because that too is is also a key feature of having a disability and being able to manage on your own. Yes, sir. So, tell us now, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the whole matter of a landmark case, but, but talk us now through at what stage did this side problem develop? I was a baby because I, I, I was born six months before time. So I was supposed to be born in the month of August, but instead I was born in the great month of May, the 18th. And my lungs were not developed properly and my right hand wasn't developed properly on my right foot. And as such, I had to be rushed to the intensive care unit. I weighed like I was a little rat. So my father could, could, could hold me, yes, in his powder hands, like a little dolly. And to be honest with you, people, there were Chinese babies, other babies in the incubator. They didn't live, but I lived. And as such, I almost died, and the nurses and everybody was praying for me, and that's, that's how I got the name Hope, H-O-P-E, based on my birth. And the doctor didn't act swiftly on my eyes so she allowed for the light to seep through my eyes and damage my retina and the nurse came to my parents and said mr mrs william guess what your daughter can't see properly and i fell out of my mother's lap and landed on landed on her feet and the nurse caught me because they were just they were in dismay they were in disbelief they were shocked they were astonished all the words you can think of and they were wondering how how we're gonna manage and you know i've been traveling overseas to seek medical treatment for my eyes and look at me now here i am and and i, I guess it's deep it's really philosophical in that there seem to be have been a greater plan in terms of how God works really because oh, yes. if if your life is to tell a story being blind that's that's what your life is and no yes. matter you you had all types of challenges during birth or after birth right. but no matter what you just had to come through those challenges because there's a purpose for your life in terms of telling and living a story as somebody being blind. Yes, correct. Which is very, very, very powerful. And just one quick thing on your parents. How have they coped since, you know, having seen your journey? It was very difficult for them to accept that they have a visual challenge, visually challenged child but as I grew older and older and older you know they're just in awe there may be cynic moments but the less cynic moments and the more motivational moments they see of me they just rise above the challenge and they do their best to facilitate me the best way possible beautiful beautiful and I'm, I'm sure with every step of the way you make them proud so, yes. 
Talk to us a little now. You you stated that your case has become a landmark case, a, a reference case in terms of treating with with blindness, persons with disabilities, and um, I wouldn't call it malpractice, but negligence perhaps on the path of medical professionals and dealing with it. So tell us a bit more in terms of this being case law, this being referenced. Where or how do you feel about it? How do your parents feel about it? Have you gotten feedback from others? other people whom it may have helped, how do they feel about it? Well, my father would be able able to tell you more about that, but based on what what I've heard is that lots of countries, including Turkey, yes, Turkey, has reached out for this case, and as such, it has made a big mark in the law fraternity and the medical fraternity, because I'll give an example of recent case was done a few years ago in Jamaica now, where a lady, or should I say, where a lady had her daughter, I beg your pardon, she's blind, deaf, and dumb. Yes, blind, deaf, and dumb. And this case, my case, was used to assist in the medical uh, negligence reference. So, this case has been a big mark in Jamaica, the Caribbean, and far out. And the feedback has been negative and positive, but mostly positive because parents, children, you know, can feel more comfortable um, knowing that there is a say to medical negligence and things can be done. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. And it's not the circumstances that we would have wanted in terms of a case right. coming out of this, but right. having seen that it is now setting examples, it is now helping others, that's that's one comfort you can take or we can take from this experience. Yes. So talk to us now about visual impairment prep school. How was that? Okay, so again, as I stated earlier on that I didn't go to a school for the blind like you or any other blind, I was an impaired person. I went through daycare and then prep school after daycare, my parents were wondering, what is next for this child? How are we gonna, what, what are we going to do? And we reached out to a cousin of mine who is a teacher, and she said, come to, come to my school. And there was a special education unit there for persons with special needs. And as such, I went there. I did well up until grade three. I wasn't doing so well in the note-taking and management of classes and stuff. My parents decided to hire a personal assistant or shadow in the court in Trinidad and Tobago to assist me in taking notes, reading and writing, going on field trips. So I don't know nothing about Braille, nothing about King, nothing about independence. So I didn't go to school for the blind. But when I passed my GSAT, that's where I met Dr. Hitzelda. Hold on, hold on. Because I, I, I want to touch on something else in prep school now. How did you and the children get along now? Because, fine, you got a shadow that would now sort of take care of the schoolwork part of it in terms of helping you get the the notes or helping you in terms of doing the work and describing stuff for you. But what were the children like? What was that interaction like with you and them? Damon, I was a popular girl in school. 
you know, the children just love my attitude, my vibe. They, they, they didn't see me as a person with a special need. And their parents were shocked that when the students were sensitive about me and other students, you know, they were wondering how they would react. But everyone was just overjoyed and happy that they that they respond in a good way. I was lead singer in the choir. They helped me around when the personal assistant wasn't there. They assisted me along the way. In particular, when I was in grade four, one of my personal assistants left, or should I say she resigned suddenly, and the children would assist me with my assignments. And it was just, I don't know, I just don't understand it. It was overwhelming, it was awesome. And expected from them, I would just build up a bonding from that, a friendship bonding up to this day. We still do talk, and it's just awesome. Right, and then you, we were now moving on to high school now. You met Dr. Douglas. Tell us about that. And and was he the first blind person you would have met? When I did my GSAT, yes. Politics Achievement Test, achievement test, I met him because I was losing motivation and my parents didn't know what would be the protocols for the GSAT as an older visually impaired person do GSAT and that's how I met Miss Goldie Morris and other persons from the School for the Blind and the Ministry of Education. So Dr. Douglas came to the school, the Queen's Queen's Prep School. We spoke one to one and then he spoke to my parents as to advising them on how would I receive special care and that so the ministry would hire a person to read and write for me. I would get an extra 15 minutes for the examination. And it was awesome in terms of meeting with Dr. Douglas. Up to this day, we, we still do speak. He is my second motivator. And I passed for the art in high school. And that was, that was history. So... Arden is now a different kettle of fish because you're not in a special education unit. You're not in a setting where you're pretty more or less more sheltered. What was high school like? Before I move on, let me just back up a little that some teachers at the prep school were, they were in a little negative light that I should go to school for the blind. I don't belong here. I don't belong here. And, you know, I just proved them wrong that, yes, despite the circumstance, I was able to rise above that challenge. Now at Arden, it was a little difficult, but at the same time, it was um, well-deserved, well-put-together, well-organized. There I met Mrs. Esther Tyson, former principal, and lots of questions were raised. Lots of teachers opened their eyes and it was Dr. Douglas who went to the school along with other ministers, uh, along with other persons from the Ministry of Education to sensitize the teachers and the students that there would be a visual challenge person. There is a physical challenge to persons there. Yes. So while that was put in place, I came to the school. I was a little nervous, but you know. I got used to the school compound very quickly. Because remember now, I, I don't know about a cane. I never hear about a cane. I walk with my, my personal assistant. I just go around the place by myself. And everyone was watching me 
expanding my surroundings and way around. And they're like, oh, she did that. Oh, she did that. Oh, she did that. Oh, she did that. You know, so it was awesome. And, you know, I became, I was student council representative, grade seven. I I was a popular girl. I, again, I was meeting on the choir. I was vice president of the junior achievements entrepreneurship club in sixth form. I also did CSEC. But let me just jump to CSEC now. We were wondering what subjects would I do? What career path would I take? I said, Mommy, I want to become a dentist. She's like, Ah, oh, a dentist? What are you going to do that? What are you going to do that? I said, I don't know, but I just love the teeth. I just love the drilling. I just love the science. A dentist? And I, I, yes, dentist. Continue, I'm yes, listening. People. Interesting. <laughs> dentist. And my second offer was a judge because I'm always watching divorce court couples court, criminal court with Judge Judy. I'm that inquisitive person. I'm always arguing at some point. Of course, I have members in my family who are attorneys and business people. I, I, I rival them as well. But the dentist struck everybody. And including my listeners. Including your listeners. Yes, because and they must be thinking be... now, how would I trust somebody who is blind or visually impaired? Exactly. In my mouth, that is dangerous, my gum. But listen, people, there is a German doctor. She's blind and deaf. And I believe she's studying pathologist. Yes, she's finished. Yes, she's blind and deaf in Germany. So if she can do it, so can I. But I just went on and on and on. Until I formed my career path as business. Because I'm always that, that marketing person, that selling person, that convincing person. And recently one of in one of your one of your classes, one of your presenters talked spoke about marketing and with that scenario and I'm that, that type of girl who had to convince people, the phone, everything and I was one who taught my father how to text. Now, we're talking about text, regular text. Regular text. And about the phone. Was it the yes. text with a banger phone or was it the text yes, with the I, touch? Yes, my first one was a banger Nokia phone. Nobody taught me about phone. I taught myself. I'm about self-taught. So, ju- ju- just for the listeners' sake now, because I know they might be wondering, visual impaired, blind, sending text, are you actually totally blind or visually impaired or are you more on the blind side as opposed to the sighted side okay so in Jamaican term there's a half blind but the proper term is visually impaired I can see a little bit out of one eye and nothing out of the other eye so I have 5% sight in one eye and totally blind in the other eye so you're closer to blind that's more three quarter blind than half basically so yeah okay just for the listeners so that, that they can put all of this into context. And, and with all of this, you were able to use the banger phone, show him how to text and all of those fun things. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. My first phone was a banger phone, and I moved up and up and up till I got a Samsung Galaxy S2 for a CXC present. Uh, yes, I received five grade twos, a grade one, grade one, and um, two threes. In particular, the math. Let me jump there quickly because the math was a challenge. Yes. And again, I don't know Braille. And in the sexy exam, I cried because the math was hard. Yes. Right? I said, God, I'm going to fail the math. We're done. But 
When I saw the results, Damon, I got a three. And I was told by Mrs. Colemars that I'm the, from my batch, I'm the only Olympiad person that did math and passed math. And, and, and I will add to that that for, for years, you may, you, well, you are one of the few because I myself, and I'm talking now from in the 90s, and I know of <laughs> blind and visually impaired persons prior to the 90s who have attempted maths and who don't come back ungraded got the three when three was not a pass. So you, in that department, you would have really done yourself proud because oh, yeah. out of, if, if every 10 blind persons do maths, CXE maths, right. it's coming back like right. two or three, two, even two or one passing. So t t tell us now about your old university now. So you did high school, we saw where you gained your independence, managing a lot more on your own. Talk to us about university. What was that like? And the vi having that visual impression? Wow. University. Again, my parents were wondering what's next for this child. And after six months, actually, I was going to go to Michael to get a degree in teaching because I, I like teaching. And my mind just slipped away. And I decided to enter university because I heard that the doctor sent to Floyd Morris and other persons like yourself went to university and conquered the programs. I said, hey, if these guys can do it, so can I. And I did it there. I met Miss Cardoza. I met, I met Miss uh, Crystal Warp, who taught me computer back in grade nine. And I met Mr. Harvey, Sean Harvey, who came to Arden to put on the jaws on the computer for me to do EDPM, you know, and that's when I'm able to type my documents, whatever it may be. And uh, you know, they told me about Ms. Cardoza and the Office of Special Student Services. And it was time for me to let go of my personal assistance. People, it was rough to let go of them. But my first year, I used to idle out my time. In that I used to stay in the office and chat and don't do the work because as I said, I'm still learning to be independent. I don't know what I don't know what was I doing, and I did not do so in my first year of university. And I, I, I pulled up myself and said, "I said, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm push off myself, do better." And so I said, "So then I passed my courses. I passed my second year courses, but the math again was troubling me because statistics and financial management and accounting, I had to do those." because my major is entrepreneurship. So I passed the accounts. In fact, I was trying to do accounts back in CXC, but my parents didn't know the rudiments of treating a, a visually impaired person in terms of the equipment. But when I spoke to persons like Mr. Fisher, who did accounts and passed it, uh, he gave us some ideas of how to do it at, at university. So I passed the accounts. My father was in awe because I did not do CXC accounts and I did university accounts. It was just awesome to him and others. Beautiful, I, beautiful, yes. beautiful. So, of course. Tell, tell us now about the social life now on campus. Were you social? Were you in any clubs? Were you in any societies? What was that like? My first time I wasn't in any clubs. 
But my second year I was in Spanish club because I did a minor in Spanish and somewhat on law. Somewhere around there, I was involved in community service, Christian development, uh, motivational speaking, especially from the UTEC side when they came over to do their media courses. They always call upon me to do their um, media projects, all that stuff. So apart from educational life, I was socially active. Everybody knows me because when you go out there in the working world, the boss don't, don't want to see your, your grades. He wants to see what what are you activating, what what are your voluntary skills, how how can you contribute to society, what's it about the economy? That's what I want to know about. And if I don't have that, I'm doomed. So I have to ensure that I go out there and do what I can, I, I could I could do. Beautiful, and and I, I I'm really in love with your journey because. This is a different perspective now where a lot of blind and visually yeah. impaired persons would have had a support system um, and that's the Salvation Army School for the Blind and Visually Impaired right. which we've made reference to several times right. in this interview. But you having not gone through that journey still found a way to, to be at a point in your life now where through your own business you can now demonstrate to people and help people to, to, to develop that independence of which you speak. Let me just make mention of the Jamaica Society for the Blind. I went there in grade 8 and beyond. I met Mr. Harris and others who are welcome, you know, staff and everything. That's where I learned the computer and my way around and got my keys and all that stuff. And that's how I, know, that's how I met you, Mr. McLean, there as well. And I, you know, I, I enjoy the hospitality the staff, the, the members, and I'm also active in that movement as well, where I where, where possible can. So, while I was at university uh, studying or doing the entrepreneurship courses, I said to myself, I want to start up a business, but no experience. So I said, how would I get experience? How? Because my parents, sometimes they didn't really want me to go out or such. They were overprotective, let me say it. But as time flew by, they gradually grew out of it. And I'm out on the streets little by little. And they're just in awe again to see me go out there navigating the streets. And I said, I want I want to set my business. I don't wish for anybody. And I, I, said, I said to my daddy one day, I said, Daddy, what, what do you think of me in terms of setting my business? He said he would, he would have preferred for me to work with someone to get experience. But at the same time, I agree with him and disagree with him. I agree with him because, you know, it's good to be learn from other people, learn from the staff, other rudiments of life. But for me, I just see myself working for myself. I just have that passion, that drive, that marketing attitude to convince people to come and live with me, work with me, initiate with me, and we will, and, and I, I will take good care of you in my business. So, again, the name of my business is Creative Minds Business Development Services. We offer wide range of services, but just like how a product, just like our company, like Grace, is launching out their products bit by bit by bit, I am launching out my services bit by bit by bit. So, I'm, I'm offering an incubator space incubator space in that 
I am nursing incoming entrepreneurs, whether disabled or not, to come to me and I will help you in building, branding your business to, to, to higher heights. And not just that, those who are existing entrepreneurs like yourself, if you fall off the train tracks, come to me and I'll guide you and let you, you know, see your true potential. Sounding very, very confident. And I'm sure my listeners, they are begging the question as to where can we find you. But I'll get to that in a few, my listeners. So just hang on for it. It's coming. So tell me now about, you study entrepreneurship, but here's a little three-month program, First Steps in Entrepreneurship series for persons with disabilities. I'm sure what they're doing in this program is is not foreign to you. It's you would have touched on it in your degree program. Yeah. But why why sign up for this program? So even before it started, you had an idea what it would be about. But you would have gone to the university, gotten a degree in entrepreneurship. I guess you could have organized a program like this yourself. Why decided why did you decide to be a participant in this program great question when i heard about the program i was just thinking to go or leave it and i said to myself and I, I looked at my course outline back at UA, and i and i when i when i looked at the program guideline that that inspired inclusion is offering i ticked and checked and checked and checked and there were some things that Yui offered, or of Yui offered, but it has prerequisites, which I did like. And as such, this program offers it without any strings attached. So I entered this program to fine-tune myself as an individual, to fine-tune my business, to fine-tune my mindset. Because when I go out there and work in the world, people, they're going to say, oh, she, she blind, she can't do it. So when I go out there and work in the world, I'm going to be lost, I'm going to be discouraged. But this program has built up my mindset, my goals, my aims, my objectives, my mission, my vision for me to, 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 to remove the discouraging comments and saying, you know, I'm just saying, hey, you know what? I am going to rise above the challenges and to do what I have to do. And all my, listen, my motto is focus on my ability and not my disability. My eyes may be in a handicapped circumstance, but my brain is not handicapped. What a beautiful gem to pass on to my listeners in that. No matter how things are, there is always a positive side to what you are doing. So, you've been in the program four weeks going into the fifth week, I think. Tell me, what has been a high point for you? Wow, I love the program so much. Everyone is just like family. We are here for each other every step of the way. One of the, well, two, let me just mention quickly, two. The first one is the mindset and who is an entrepreneur and what is entrepreneur and the name of your business because the name is what stands out to the people 
what you are offering with a product or service. So creative minds, now creative is spelled with a C, but mind is spelled with a K, right? And creative minds mean, creative minds means I am assisting you. You have that idea, but you need the know-how to remove that idea and convert it into a business reality. So that's me. I want to help you in converting that idea into a business re business reality, you know, to be a successful, profitable business out there. So, and another thing that stood out for me is marketing. The importance of marketing your demographics, your target market, your segmentation. That's what those are the two things that stood out for me in that program. And the program should be finished in, in, in December. And do you see this program really doing something in terms of pushing you forward? Yes. I want to launch my own program like this, but in the international spectrum, because I've been posting your podcast in regards to this program and before the program started. And constantly saying, Diva, 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 why don't you host your own program like this? But for international people, so I said, sure. And because of this program, it has motivated me to start planning my own program, but on the international level. Beautiful, beautiful. And that is what we at Inspired Training Solutions want to see. Persons with disabilities Persons without disabilities, just people in general, launching, stepping out, doing what they love to do best, and of course, earning from it. So, tell us now, where can we find Creative Minds? Give us some contact info. Okay, folks, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Creative Minds underscore J-A. You can send me an email at creativeminds.ja gmail.com that's k-r-e-a-t-i-v-e-m-i-n-d-s dot j-a at gmail.com you can also contact me at 1-876-877-5833 you have to go it over and on you have to go it over slowly come again okay folks so you can contact me at 1-876-877-5833 you mentioned Princess Thea because I'm going to give you a quick minute or so to show my listeners how diverse you are because you actually host your own podcast. So quickly just share with my listeners what that is all about. Okay, good and fast people. Digging up my staff, loud and proud Mr. Sidney Thorpe. 
our producer and manager of the Cultural with Diva podcast, and Mr. Damien Rose, a.k.a. Congo Man, uh, my staff who assist me in the podcast production. They are the one who edits it and produce it and ensure my everything is on track. I, I, I love them dearly. And people, these are two blind guys, and they edit things. Trust me, they're awesome. And where do, we, where do we find this podcast? So, it's available on anchorfm.net, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and any other podcasting platforms out there. And the final pop question now that gets everybody is to tell me a Jamaican song that when you hear it, it motivates you to go on, to do more, to do business, it gets you going. Wow, there's so many. But the one that touched out for me is Chronics. Do it for the love and not for the likes. Success don't come overnight. Beautiful. And we will, oh, yes. we will end on this lovely note, gentle folks. Tanaika, Nadia, Hope, Diva, Williams. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of our, our first steps in entrepreneurship series. And thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's been very fulfilling and I'm sure my listeners will be taking a lot of gems away from this interview. Thanks again. Yep. You're most welcome. And shout out to everybody in Jamaica, the Caribbean, and the world, as far as Nigeria and Australia. Love you all. There we have it, folks. Tanaika Diva Williams. So special thanks and special big ups to Comprehensive Eye Care, Comprehensive Supplies, I May May, Chance Concepts, the Yay, that's the Young Entrepreneurs Association of Jamaica, Events by JAR, and of course, Transformational Life Solutions. So there we have it, a very telling interview, a different interview, this Young lady didn't attend school for the blind. She had a different journey, had a different walk. But of course, success is ultimately the end product for all of these participants in the First Steps in Entrepreneurship series. Thank you very much, folks, for joining us this week. And we look forward to sharing with you next week with another of our participants in the First Steps in Entrepreneurship program. My name is Damien McLean and it's been a pleasure hosting this show for you, my listeners. Big up all my listeners all across the world. Nigeria, Kenya, the United States, Canada, Jamaica, the Caribbean. And continue to share the podcast, continue to grow the show, continue to share the substance, share the content. Because we know how useful this program can be to other persons. Cheers! And we'll be in touch. We go out with a touch of Tanaika's song, Chronics. Do it for the love, not for the likes. Still we ivory. Come in all of the likes. In a dancehall style. And everybody go like. Still we ivory. Come in a love life. Business jam. Do it for the love and I do it for the lights. Do it for the love and I do it for the lights. Do it for the love and I do it for the lights.
Let's down, come over night No matter no substance over I Do it for the love, me not do it for the life making it business gems. We hope you have found your gem for success. Feel free to email your suggestions and comments to yourspace.its at gmail.com. That is y-o-u-r-s-p-a-c-e dot i-t-s at gmail.com. Business Gems, a production of White Cane Studios, a product of Inspired Training Solutions. The opening and closing music theme for the Business Gems, The Real Rock Rhythm, was performed by the Sound Dimension Band and produced by Cox and Darts for Studio One. Business Gems.